everyone. Welcome back to Weirdo Talking. I'm your host, Vasna Daghu, and we're back at it again with a heating pack against my uterus. <laughs> wow, what a way to begin this episode, am I right? Um, yeah, so I'm on my period, um, and I'm extra angry and um, emotional, so you're you're in for a lot today and also we're covering the me too movement which there's so much to cover here so this is going to be a long episode you're in for a lot um and i hope you're ready uh grab your pistols ladies and gentlemen we're about to destroy at least try and destroy the patriarchy so yeah we're going to be talking about the me too movement i've been wanting to make this episode for so long i i've had this in my list of episode ideas for literally months and months and months and i've i just i've just been postponing it because like it's so much to cover there we have to really get deep into it if the timeline is so long and it's just so much and so i was like oh i'll do it for the next episode oh the next episode oh the next episode but then i was like a few days ago i was like Upasna, get your laptop. We're going to do research. We're going to do this episode because I feel like it's so important. Um, and yeah, I did a bunch of research in the past few days and I'm ready with a with five pages of notes, by the way. I have five long pages of notes. And yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> so let's just get started. Um, the Me Too movement... Uh, is a social movement against sexual abuse and sexual harassment where people basically publicize uh, uh, allegations of sex crimes. Um, they basically say, me too. I'm a part of this. This is what happened to me. This is my story, blah, blah, blah. And the phrase me too was first used like this on uh, social media in 2006 on MySpace. Uh, by the by sexual assault survivor and activist Tadana Burke, uh, which, by the way, Queen, her talks are so good. Go watch all of them, especially her TED talk. I really liked. Uh, but anyway, um, so this whole thing started and the Harvard Harvard University published a case study on Burke and called it um, Leading with Empathy, Tadana Burke and the Making of the Me Too Movement. This is where it all started, y'all. This movement is basically about empowering empowering victims of sexual harassment and crimes to stand up for themselves, to stand out bravely and heal themselves. It's completely voluntary and its aim is to like encourage people um to you know uh to go against sexual harassment or assault and to defend themselves. So yeah, it started uh, in 2006, but it really took off and went totally viral at the end of like 2017. So like a basically a decade later, it went completely viral. Everyone started talking about it. Actually, no, uh, between 2006 and 2017, when it really, really went viral, Russia and Ukraine took up the movement very well and they went completely viral with it separately between 2006 and 2017 but um it didn't go worldwide yet so at the end of 2017 like october 2017 uh on the 5th of october 
Ashley Judd, an American actress, uh, she used the hashtag MeToo to reveal the sexual harassment of the producer Harvey Weinstein. Uh, he's a film producer and she did this in the in a New York Times article. Now, this New York Times article was huge. It went, it, it, everyone, it caught the eyes of many and it published stories detailing decades, literally decades of allegations of sexual harassment against Harvey Weinstein. Many actresses came forward in this um, article, by the way. Now, let's just talk about this guy real quick. Um, Harvey Weinstein is super popular, which is really unfortunate for the universe. I think even Trump was his friend, uh, which, you know, you're friends with the president, you can get away with anything. Um, <laughs> literally. And uh, he's also friends with, uh, what's that app? That It's like a TikTok ripoff. Uh, Triller, Triller. Um, the, the, something of Triller, uh, Ryan Kavanaugh, he's also besties with Harvey Weinstein. He's really well-known. And, um, this guy, Harvey Weinstein, he helped produce, like, Scream, Pulp Fiction, She's All That. Uh, he also helped, helped produce one of the Lord of the Rings movies. He, he helped, uh, produce Chicago, which I love that musical. And so many so many so much so many movies and the list just went on and on but i don't care this this literally scum of the earth this man is horrible he is not a good human being among the accusations are that he forced women to massage him and watch him naked which no one wants to see that absolutely no one it's fucking disgusting. The, he also promised to help advance their careers in return for sexual favors. Are you kidding me, my man? My dude, this man, this man has caused so much of pain and trauma. Oh my God. And anyway, so this was in the New York Times article of 5th October, 2017, right? Well, we love the universe. This was 5th October 2017, New York Times article. Well, on the 10th of October 2017, The New Yorker published allegations from 13 more women, uh, including three accusations of rape, which, uh, against Harvey Weinstein, but, um, 13 more women. And also, uh, Weinstein, he, uh, strongly denies the accusations of rape, but we believe the victims on this podcast, and if you don't, respectfully fuck off, and but, but don't fuck off to Twitter and, like, hate on people. Thank you very much. Anyway, so yeah, just, like, five days later, more victims came forward, which I feel like these people are so brave for doing this. Also, this included like Hollywood A-listers like Gwyneth Paltrow, which Queen, we love Pepper. Uh, I think she's called Pepper in Iron Man. Anyway, um, she says Weinstein asked her to give him a massage in his hotel suite after casting her in the leading role of 1996's Emma. And she was just 
22 years old at this point. And she obviously was like, uh, excuse me, no, I don't want to give you a massage, you disgusting man. Um, and she says, quote, he screamed at me for a long time. It was brutal. Uh, oh, and also I just wanted to mention this because I thought it was incredible. She told her um, then boyfriend, Brad Pitt, and we gotta love a good boyfriend. Um, Brad Pitt threatened to kill the producer if he did like anything like that to Paltrow again. We love him. We love him for that. We love you, Brad Pitt. Anyway, uh, also Angelina Jolie said she had a very uncomfortable experience uh, encounter with him. Oh, and uh, Uma, Thur Uma Thurman, um, we love her. Uh, she, Weinstein pushed her, pushed her down. And he said, uh, she says that, uh, quote, he tried to expose himself at, uh, this happened at the producer's hotel room in London during the uh, 19, 1990s, um, during the 90s. And she says, Quote, he tried to shove himself on me. He did all kinds of unpleasant things. Ew, this is awful. Also, um, Cara Delevingne, uh, she wrote in an Instagram post how uncomfortable she felt during an encounter with him. Um, she said, quote, he tried, he walked me to the door and stood in front of it and tried to kiss me on the lips. I stopped him and managed to get a, get out of the room, she says. Yeah. So, obviously, this guy is awful. What kind of a sick, what kind of a sick bastard does all of this for so, so long? Decades. There were over 90 women coming out against this guy. And he finally got arrested and convicted in 2020? A little late, but okay, okay. Also, he got out, he got out, he got out on bail in the middle. I think he got arrested a bunch of times, but the first time he got out on bail and many other times, I'm sure. God, gotta hate rich people sometimes. But anyway, um, all these victims I spoke about, or at least most of them, I believe, came out, of, out about this with the hashtag MeToo article and tweets. And on October 15th of 2017, again, um, Alyssa Milano, an American actress, she tweeted, quote, if you've been sexually harassed or assaulted, write MeToo as a reply to this tweet. And she did this on Twitter, obviously, and more than 500,000 people replied to the tweet within 24 hours. Now, this surprise phenomenon made the Me Too movement spread widely and quickly to encourage victims to speak out against sexual harassment or assault. This was just incredible. This was so empowering. This was so brave. And all of the people who came out during this time, all the thousands, millions of people who came out in this time and any time, obviously. You are all so brave and incredible. You are all so brave. That takes so much strength. And I'm, I'm just mesmerized by your courage. Well, um, also in November of 2017, 
Um, the hashtag church two was started by Emily Joy and Hannah. I'm sorry, I can't pronounce her last name. It's P-A-A-S-C-H um, on Twitter. And they it began trending in response to Me Too as a way to try and highlight and stop sexual abuse that happens in a church. Uh, now, in January of 2018, about 100 women also launched uh, hashtag silence is not spiritual. Uh, and it, they did this to call for changes to how sexual misconduct is dealt with uh, within the church. Now, before I go on with this, let me just say, this is not about religion. This is not about God. These are crimes. This is violence. Uh, people have been traumatized. They've been put through hell. They've been, they're, they're traumatized for the rest of their lives. So this is not about God. I'm not saying anything against God or church. I think Christianity is beautiful. Uh, I just wanted to say that before going into this. Now the hashtag church too started spreading again vitally uh, later in January 2018 in response to this um, pastor, Pastor Andy Savage. He said on a live streamed video in his church, he admitted to sexually assaulting a 17 year old girl. Now, at the time of this live stream taking place, this was 20 years ago. He said he did this 20 years ago. But I don't think that matters at all because she can still be traumatized to this day. So no one cares about the 20 years ago part. She, he sexually assaulted a 17-year-old girl. Now, that itself is, oh my God, how disgusting of a man are you? But no. The most shocking part to, for me in all of this is the church applauded for him. They applauded for him. Uh, they did this because he was admitting to the incident and asking for forgiveness. I'm sorry, but if someone just told you that they sexually assaulted a 17-year-old girl, call the police. Anyway, the pastor, he then resigned from his staff position at... Uh, the church and stepped away from the ministry. Um, also, again, I'm just going to say it again. This is not about religion. This is not about God. And also sexual abuse in Catholic church, especially it's a big issue. It's a big crisis. There have been so many, so many cases that have the, the sexual abuse cases from like church. And uh, also go on Netflix and watch this documentary called the keepers it's very triggering i must say but if you're interested in these you know subjects and you want justice and um if you watch true crime documentaries go watch uh the keepers it's a really good documentary and i didn't know that this was even a thing the sexual abuse at church um but it's a huge thing it happens d a lot unfortunately uh, and yeah. Oh, um, I wanted to say this. On January 7th, uh, 2018 again, 
all females attending the Golden Globes wore black in support of sexual violence and the men wore Time's Up pins in support. And I just thought this was really wholesome and really powerful. You guys, I'm so stupid sometimes. <laughs> I hate myself. Oh my god, I'm so dumb. No, um, I just, I just, I'm, I'm editing thing right now. And I just realized that I said all females attending the Golden Globes um, wore black in support of sexual violence. I didn't realize that I said in support of sexual violence. That is obviously not what I meant. All females attending the Golden Globes Awards ceremony wore black in protest of sexual violence and men wore uh, Time's Up pins in support. I'm so sorry. I, I don't know why I made that mistake. Now, um, to address harassment within scientific settings, Beth Ann McLaughlin, um, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, uh, she started the hashtag MeTooSTEM movement and hashtag. She called for the National Institutes of Health to cut funding to anyone who has been found guilty of harassment charges. McLaughlin uh, shared the MIT Media Lab Disobedience Award with Tarana Burke and Sherry Martz for her work on Me Too in STEM. And STEM as in like science, technology, engineering, mathematics, you get it. Um, <laughs> now, there are actually many places of education, like high schools, universities, uh, schools basically, uh, where legal intervention is not readily enforced for situations where sexual assault takes place. Uh, now, speaking of sexual harassment in harassment and crimes in schools and stuff, uh, I just wanted to share this little post and petition with you. Um, so, um, Arti Mukhedkar, she used to go to the school I go to, so this is why it was more like... It just hit me harder, I guess. I don't know. Um, she recently posted something really important, and I'm just going to read the post, uh, read the post, and um, link all the information in the description. Um, she posted uh, saying, "Reports suggest that they there are hundreds of cases of sexual assault reported at the University of Edinburgh every year." Now, reports also suggest that. For every one reported case, there are a hundred that go unreported. Reasons for the reluctance to speak out range from fear and shame to the expectation that a complaint will not result in any real consequences or action being taken against the perpetrator. Reasons that are rooted in the very culture that exists at the university surrounding sexual violence, a culture that the university turns a blind eye to. She went on to say, I am not only a survivor of sexual violence, but also a victim of neglect at the hands of the university. The university could not have prevented the assault, but they have a responsibility of care. It is not, unreason it is not an unreasonable expectation that in university accommodation, I am safe and if a crime is committed against me, I will be taken care of and I have the right to justice. In a veiled attempt to help me, the university proceeded to victim blame, gaslight and corner me further. All this was sugarcoated to keep me in the dark for a long time. 
The whole process went on for 11 months, 335 days. I trusted the system and followed the process and filed a formal complaint in accordance with the university's procedures. My case was upheld by the conduct in investigator as a severe case due to the life-threatening nature of the assault. The case was then passed on to the Student Disciplinary Committee to decide on the penalty. The SDC, the Student Disciplinary Committee, uh, arbitrarily dismissed my entire complaint despite the clear finding of the conduct investigator that the assault had occurred with one line explanation that with a one line explanation that the allegations against the correspondent could not be proven on the balance of probabilities as simple as that the decision of the case was overturned and the case was closed she then said, um, quote, the cases of sexual violence are rising every day. It's time to review the process and ensure a safe place for students. And in case of an incident of sexual violence, at least the redressal process needs to be fair, transparent and effective. I value my privacy more than anything, and I wanted to handle this privately choosing to grieve and heal in my own time while still fighting for what I believed in. The university has traumatized me and continues to traumatize all survivors that reach out while ensuring that rapists and abusers can sit comfortably in our libraries and lecture halls. Even if you do not attend the University of Edinburgh or even in the UK, these lapses are a universal issue. By signing this petition, you are making an example out of the university. You are a soldier in crusade against sexual violence and the battle against injustice. Sign my petition. Sign it with rage. I urge you to be angry and to be loud with me. So yeah, um, I asked her if I could talk about this on my podcast and she said okay. And I admire her courage so much and I'm so insanely inspired by her story and I support her and I support this petition. I will link the petition in the description. I think they already got enough signs to like uh, get uh, a response from the university. Okay, I'm reading her uh, story right now. The University of Edinburgh has officially acknowledged our petition and now we can move on into the second phase of this movement discussing the issue at hand with the university learning from each other and planning a constructive planning for constructive change uh please go sign uh the petition again uh i i mean even though they've um gotten enough signatures i feel like you should still go and support you can even donate so yeah, this is serious. Please help out by signing that petition. Demand for change, y'all. Again, all the all the links are in my description. Soon after the Me Too movement started spreading in late 2017, several allegations from a 2016 Indianapolis Star article resurfaced in the gymnastic industry against former U.S. gymnastics doctor Larry Nassar. Now, I feel like this is a great example of how much of a big impact this movement had. There were several allegations against this doctor, gymnastics doctor, Larry Nassar, but no one took these 
gymnasts seriously. No one took these girls seriously and they were just ignored basically by the entire system. Well, later, Larry Nassar was called out via the Me Too movement for sexually assaulting gymnasts as young as six years old during treatments. This man used the quote unquote treatments as an excuse, as like, as a way to hurt and traumatize these little girls. Though nothing was done after the initial allegations came out uh, in 2016, uh, after more than 150 women came forward, uh, Larry Nassar was effectively sentenced to life in prison. There's actually a great documentary about this whole um, this whole uh, incident story. It's called Athlete A, and it's on Netflix. Go watch it. I feel like it's such an important documentary. Yeah, it's called Athlete A. And the testimony given by these girls uh, and these women, all of them, all the things they said, they just, they were so, so powerful. It was, oh, it was so incredible. <laughs> Anyway, um, with the quick development and expansion of the Me Too movement, Asia began to launch this movement. In China, young females stood out, uh, stood out to share their experience of sexual harassment or assault from university professors, athletes, journalists, and so on. In India, the hashtag Me Too movement mainly takes place in Bollywood. Um, the actress Tanushri Datta uh, accused Nana Patekar of sexual harassment. This was powerful, so brave, and this, le this led to many women in the news media, Indian films, and even within the government to speak out and bring allegations of sexual harassment against a number of perpetrators. In Japan, um, the hashtag MeToo uh, became hashtag with you. Um, it transferred to with you to express their solidarity. It's obvious that the issue of sexual harassment, violence, assault, it's very important and disgustingly common. In society, the issue is often downplayed due to the bias in culture or a gap of power. Therefore, the Me Too movement played a significant role in raising awareness of the issue and healing survivors and defending their rights. There are so many male celebrities who have been accused of sexual harassment and well, y'all, we're making moves. Like, for example, Harvey Weinstein, I thought this was just iconic, by the way. Harvey Weinstein was fired from the Weinstein company. <laughs> that is... That is the kind of change we should be making. In Sweden, influenced by the accusa accusations towards Jean-Claude, his wife, Katarina, left the Swedish Academy. In India, MJ Akbar, the junior foreign minister, resigned because of the accusations of sexual harassment and assault. In uh, September 2018, Bill Cosby, the famous actor and comedian in the US, um, he was sentenced to three to 10 years uh, for felony sexual assault. Um, unfortunately for the universe, he did get out of uh, prison, uh, I think uh, in 2020 or 2021. 
uh, there's this website called Feminism in India, uh, and they had this article on the Me Too movement's impact in India, especially. And they wrote these two paragraphs, and I thought it was incredible. So I just wanted to share those two paragraphs. They said, quote, in the kind of society we live in, it takes a lot of strength for women to speak up about the abuse they face. And when they do speak, they are subjected to societal pressure, victim shaming, abuse, character assassination, intimidation, and etc. India as a society is obsessed with protecting its quote-unquote culture that systematically excludes women from the power structure yet makes them the safekeepers of the culture. Apart from being responsible for their own dignity, they are also responsible for protecting the family's honor. Hence, they are made to keep silent on anything that violates the sanctity of being a woman. The fear of being labeled as a troublemaker also discourages women to name their abusers. On top of that, the lack of support, the harassment, and the ordeal of going to courts and reliving the trauma prove to be more taxing for the survivor than it is for the abusers. The survivors often face psychological trauma after an assault, and when the abusers are celebrated and respected in society, it could be more triggering for the survivor. Yeah, I just uh, thought these were incredibly good points, and I didn't want to reword it in any way. Um, that actress, Tanushri Datta, I, I, I don't know much about her films. I'm sure they're great. Uh, but these interviews she did about her story, they were just so powerful, and it was disgusting and so dis disturbing to watch videos of people celebrating the person who attacked her. Uh, what's uh, Nana Patekar? He he should not be celebrated like that. There was one interview where she literally just said, "I'm sorry. I'm tired of sharing this story over and over again. I've done it a million times. I was attacked. These guys made me go through hell, and to this day." No one has condemned their actions from the film industry. And I don't know, it just hit me. Like, God, these women are so incredible. Not saying men aren't incredible. You know what I mean. All of them are incredible. <laughs> oh, by the way, um, Me Too founder Tarana Burke, she says that uh, the Harvey Weinstein... Be Harvey Weinstein being jailed in 2020 was astonishing. Uh, but far from the end of the movement, and yes, obviously, I agree. Um, she said, quote, Harvey Weinstein is a symbolic case to see a high profile, rich white man be convicted of a crime in general is always astonishing. <laughs> what Tarana sees as a victory for Me Too is helping people not blame themselves for sexual violence committed against them and lead fuller lives. She says, quote, what we need to be talking about is the everyday woman, man, trans person, child and disabled person. All the people who are not rich, white and famous, who deal with sexual violence on an everyday basis. We need to talk about the systems that are still in place that allow that to happen. Tarana says that it's about dismantling the misuse of power and privilege, which can also lead to racism and sexism. She also had this uh, TED talk that I was talking about earlier. Uh, 
it's called Me Too is a Movement, Not a Moment. And I just loved that whole talk. It was incredible. So go watch it. And yes, please, we need to to continue to talk about these talk about these things and spread awareness let's empower each other and before i ended this episode i also wanted to say like have these conversations with just your friends like normally it's so empowering it gives you so much i i feel it gives me strength when i talk to my female friends about it um like I was talking to John V about this. I was talking to Nidhi about this. We were just talking about how we were talking about women empowerment, feminism, rape culture. And we were just, we were just, we're just like 15, 16. We're little girls and we're talking about such big things. And it, it gives me, it gives me some kind of like reassurance that if anything were to happen to me, the girls in my class, the, the my, my friends, they will be there for me. And that's just that's just nice to know. It's good to know. It helps me get through life to know that I have good friends who will support me through everything. They will go to court with me if they need to. <laughs> Obviously, I would do I would do anything for them as well to be happy. If they were to go through these things, I would literally kill that human being. We women, we sisters, together, we can do anything and we can literally change the world with empathy and compassion believe the victims let's be here for them let's help them let's help them rise higher and if you're a victim of any sexual harassment or crime i don't even want to call you a victim you're a survivor a warrior and you are incredible and even if you're not someone who has experienced any sort of violence like this um but you just want to listen and learn and support i think you are spectacular you are all remarkable human beings i mean if you're i mean you are all remarkable human beings if you're not if you're not like harvey weinstein or a parody of him <laughs> um you guys are awesome and i love you and again all the links and all the sources are going to be in the description um i loved making this episode <laughs> just got out a lot of rage in, in, in me and, and anyway it, it was like a therapy session I loved it and um I love you and okay let's stop this sappy crap y'all you know you love you know I love you and you know you love me uh anyway okay <laughs> bye bye now